0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 171 and we're looking at John chapter 17 verses 20 through 26. Let's read the passage. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they Also be in us, so that the world may believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me, so that they may be made completely one, that the world may know you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, so that they will see my glory which you have given me because you loved me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has not known you. However, I have known you, and they have known that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and will continue to make it known, so that the love you have loved me with may be in them, and I may be in them. This is the end of Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17. The first part, verses 1-5, through 5, were about his glory, that uh, he would be glorified the father would be glorified and it was really uh, about his mission coming to a conclusion the second part verses 6 through 19 were a prayer for his disciples not all disciples of all time but specifically the group he had the the 12 minus judas so the 11 disciples who remained prayed for them because life is going to be hard for them they're going to be persecuted as Jesus was persecuted they will be despised by the world because he was despised by the world but they're the ones who are going to carry on the mission this third section here is a prayer for those who will believe so verse 20 says I pray not only for these these being the eleven disciples but also for those who believe in me through their word He's talked about his word, he's talked about the Father's word, now he's talking about the word of the apostles, that is the, uh, the teaching of the apostles, which will be the foundation for the church. and all their teaching is what Jesus has taught them and what the Holy Spirit continues to teach them. but he's praying for those who will believe. That begins from then at that time, as soon as uh, he ascends to heaven, up through now and continuing until he returns. Those are the ones who will believe in Jesus Christ through the word of the apostles. So this includes us. He's praying for us. Verse 21, he says, May they all be one. So this is a prayer for unity. Unity is a big deal with God. We see that through, throughout the gospel, but uh, here he's, he's really highlighting it. May they all be one unity. And the example he gives, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe you sent me. So he's mentioning the unity that he experiences with the Father, and he's praying that the unity of the Christians who are yet to come will be modeled after that. There's a so that there, so that the world may believe you sent me. Earlier in the, ch- chapter 13, he said, I, I give you a new command that you love one another. It's as I have loved you, you are to love one another. By this, the world will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So he, he said then that the, the mark of being a follower of Jesus is their love for one another. And, and right here he says, this unity that his followers will experience, the unity of Christians, will be something so the world will believe. The world will believe that Jesus Christ came from God because of the unity of his followers. Verse 22 he says, I've given them the glory you've given me so that they may be one as we are one. So by giving them the glory you have given me, is he referring to his mission? Is he referring to his status? The fact that his glory was really revealed in his death on a cross Is uh, is that what he's referring to? The the lowly status of servants that his followers will take on will be sharing in his glory. Or is he just referring to the fact that what he has given that is himself to them makes it possible that they actually can experience unity? So he's still talking about the unity here. I I believe that he's just referring to the fact that what he's leaving them... the foundation that he's leaving them will make it possible that they actually can experience unity. Because on our own, we can't have this kind of unity that he prays for. It's impossible. We're fallen, sinful, corrupt people. And there's no way we can have that kind of unity. But with the Holy Spirit, it is possible. Because of God working in our lives, we actually can experience unity. And verse 23 He says, I am in them you are in me so that they may be made completely one that the world may know you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. This is a very similar structure of the sentence to verse 21 talking about Jesus being in the father and Jesus being in his followers and that this makes possible unity and it's a symbol to the world as to the, the reality and the, the power of, of Christianity and that the unity that Christians experience will be assigned to the world of the truth of Christianity. Verse 24 he says, Father I want those you have given me to be with me where I am so that they will see my glory which you've given me because you love me before the world's foundation. This shows his love for his followers. He says I want them to be with me. Now, he doesn't say take them out of the world earlier when talking about his, uh, the apostles. He said, I'm praying you'll protect them as they're in the world. I'm not praying that you should remove them from the world, but protect them while they're in the world. And here he's repeating this a similar kind of thing about uh, his desire for his followers to actually be with him, even though they won't. But he is expressing his love for them. And the love that he has for his followers is patterned after the love that he experiences from the Father. Then verse 25, he says, Righteous Father, the world has not known you, however I have known you, and they have known that you have sent me. So he's not really asking for anything there. Making a statement, the world doesn't know the Father, however Jesus Christ knows the Father. And by what he's done, it's possible that people can know that he is from the Father. He, re- he reveals the Father through his revelation of himself. Then finally, in verse 26, he said, I have made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that the love you have loved me with may be in them and I may be in them. Here, what I see is the, the unity of followers of Jesus with Jesus. So he's been talking about the unity of that he experiences with the Father, and that's the model for the unity he would like to see with, between his followers. Here he's talking about the unity that they actually have with him because of the love he's experienced for the Father. He has a similar kind of love for his followers, and they can actually enjoy this kind of unity with him. Unity's a big deal in this prayer. This is something Jesus prays for because he knows who we are. He knows the problems we have, it's impossible for us to be unified, but his prayer is that we would be unified. And part of his prayer is that it actually can happen. We can experience unity, but only if God's at work in our lives. On our own, it is impossible. It can't happen. But if the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, it can happen. And Jesus' prayer is that it would happen. So as we think about one another, think about the way the world sees us, how does the world see church? How does the world see Christians as continually fighting and nagging at one another and putting each other down, competing with one another, complaining about things? Or does the world see us as unified? And does the world look at Christians and say, wow. I, I, I don't agree with their theology, I don't agree with what they believe, but wow, do they love one another. Wow, are they unified. And so that's something to look at. The only way we can be unified is, one, if we are connected with Christ and we allow him to set the standard for things, allow him to be the one to call the shots on things, and be willing to put our own desires on, on the back burner. Not that they don't matter but they certainly don't matter more than what Christ is calling us to do. Jesus' prayer is for unity. And so as I look around and think about uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ, do I feel that kind of unity? And honestly, not always. Quite often, no. And I need to uh, always be thinking. And whenever there's something uh, disunifying or where the unity seems uh, a challenge, just think back to this prayer as to, This is a big deal to Jesus Christ, and it should be a big deal to us. We need to make every effort to protect the unity, to build the unity, to guard the unity, to foster the unity amongst believers. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.